This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global Insure Tech Series. My name is Nick Hoadley, and each week I'm going to be interviewing a leading insure tech executive to find out more about the technology opportunities that are there for the insurance industry, whether that's for brokers, carriers, or direct to policyholders. And I'll also be looking at and exploring the different career opportunities available for people from within the insurance industry. So please join me each week as we learn more and we discover what advice they have for insurance leaders looking to make that move into an insure tech or a startup business. This week, I'm joined by Sharon Rodriguez, who is the Chief Customer Officer at Uncork, based in the United States. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you, Nick, for having me. Sharon, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Really looking forward to hearing about everything that's going on at Uncork. Before we start that, though, could you just share with us a little bit more about your background and your career today? And as we are in the insurance coffee house, what your go-to coffee of choice is in the morning? Sure. So I've been in deep in the technology and operations space for probably the majority of my career, starting in, in pharma and biotech, and then made a quick transition after business school into insurance. And by some luck of fate, met Gary Hoberman and team and ended up at Uncork. Very much focused on digital transformation, change management, and what technology can bring to any organization. Uh, coffee of choice, an Americano. Americano. A strong start to the day there. Strong start to every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. We'll dive straight straight into the questions as I'm uh, as I'm really interested to hear more about Uncork. So, could you first of all give us a bit of an overview on the business, where you are with things at the moment, and, and what you're looking to achieve? Sure. So, we're the first enterprise no code application in the marketplace. We've been incredibly fortunate to have the backing of Goldman in our Series A, Capital G in our Series B, and BlackRock in our Series C. We've raised over $200 million in just three years, and we've gone from moonlighting to $2 billion valuation um, in that same trajectory. We've almost hit 500 employees as an organization. And we've been really focused initially on insurance, but because our platform is no code and lends itself to a variety of, of solves for any organization, we've been able to expand very quickly into financial services, public enterprise, wow. like cities and municipalities, as, as well wow. as healthcare. It's an extremely high growth business there. And you talk about, yes. talk about your product and it being not just in the insurance space, but across mm -hmm. multi-channels there. What does the product do and how have you developed that? Sure. So our platform is a unified platform for, for development. So we cover things like compliance, up-to-date regulatory, FACTA, things of that nature, as well as security um, and application management in one tier. So it makes it incredibly easy to manage the technology. We have a highly visual user interface that allows people to drag and drop components into a framework so that they can build solutions very quickly without code. And quite frankly, the reason why we've been able to grow as quickly is because we took enterprise-grade standards and very, very seriously. 
the solutions that you see in the low code space and spreadsheets and things of that nature cannot handle the robust needs of large enterprises, especially in insurance and financial mm. services. And we bake that all into our base platform. We started with a small team of engineers and uh, have made our way through to well over a hundred of them now. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what is the key benefit? What is the solution that it does provide? I know we're, we're talking about different industry sectors, but focusing on the insurance sure. sector, what, what's the key benefit that it can provide uh, sure. to the industry or segments of the industry? So what we've been able to do is accelerate speed to market for any client. Um, we The nimbleness of our platform allows for, for folks at different levels of the organization, from a business analyst all the way through to a developer, to participate in, in change and digital transformation for these organizations. Applications can be built much more quickly. They're, interact, they're collaborative uh, engagements in these organizations, and we can make things happen in a matter of days and weeks versus months from traditional methodologies and technologies. We eliminate legacy code. So if someone wants to change something like a product or a regulatory change happens, the changes can happen much more quickly because they are no code and they are a visual representation of business rules and logic and compliance standards. So we're able to do that. And we update and maintain the platform on a regular basis. So there's no legacy, right? We don't allow for tech debt to build up. And that's one of the things that hampers organizations from being able to move forward and continue to spend money on old stuff instead of the new. Fantastic. So is your target audience insurance carriers? Is it other insure tech businesses, startups within the insurance industry? What's the target audience there? So and I'll say in our original uh, framework, it was definitely somewhere between the carrier and the distributor, right? Because that's where we saw a lot of the pain points having come from AIG and MetLife and having spent a fair amount of time on global programs. We knew that those were really ripe opportunities for us. Working with other InsureTechs has allowed us to make the, the product better. Like if you look at, we have a partnership with a company called Human API, yeah. um, as one of my clients calls it, Happy. And you know they provide data and access to information that traditionally would be in very disparate uh, environments mm -hmm. to the life insurance programs where they might want to underwrite with that information and they were getting wrong information. They had to go get it. They had to seek it. Now we've integrated with someone like that and we partnered to make it faster for the life origination process to happen, for the client to be able to, to get back an answer to their end customer to close deals faster. And that's where we partner with those types of insure techs. So we work together to achieve a better goal for any carrier distributor. Great so we to see have that all collaboration those. there. Yeah, it's very, it's actually very fun because the innovation doesn't stop at the user experience, but it, it's the whole that we can change in the marketplace, right? People have been talking about these things for years, but being able to actually execute on them and actually drive that value is incredibly exciting. And being able to provide that speed, I'm sure, is a great advantage. Do you sometimes find that the pace that the carriers want to move at is a slightly different <laughs> pace to the pace you're working at? Surprisingly enough, they want to work at our pace. It, the, the groups of the teams that come to us, generally speaking, from a business perspective, even an IT perspective, come to us because they know it's an opportunity to do things differently. Mm. That the agility that comes with no code, the flexibility that comes with no code mm. um, is something that they desperately desire because they have been living with legacy tools. Now, <laughs> that's not always the case, <laughs> but generally the case. There's certainly a, a wide range of, of speed when it comes to some of those organizations, I'm Absolutely. sure. 
Absolutely. Looking forward, Sharon, how do you see the insurance market evolving and changing over the next few years? What type of businesses do you think are going to be the successful ones? You know, I think I think with any business, it's it's one that doesn't get too comfortable in in the here and now and doesn't say this is the only way it can be done. I think the companies that were most prepared for COVID because they had done some of the upfront work to be more digital, to be more open to different ways of doing business are the ones that are ultimately going to succeed. So we have one client who, you know, was having issues with change management with their distribution with the solution we had deployed. If that solution hadn't been deployed before COVID, they wouldn't have been able to not only keep their business, but grow it by 40%. Wow. <laughs> and that has that has you know continued in terms of you know people now are like oh okay this works and i'm going to keep doing business this way because it makes more sense in the long term um i think that's one big thing i think security is going to be an incredibly big part of of any of any conversation that anyone has about any business especially in insurance and where personal information might be available and and look we've taken that incredibly seriously from day one our fifth employee was a ciso and we know how that can make or break any organization and that's something that any any company has to take into consideration at this day and age. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think the threat has only been heightened with COVID, with so many people now working working remotely and IT teams being remote as well. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Sharon, I'd like to take you to the espresso round now, okay. so called as the the questions are short, sharp, and straight mm-hmm. to the point. The espresso round. We can kick off by asking you what percentage of your employees are from an insurance background and what percentage are are non-insurance? So if you had asked me that question three years ago, it would have been like (laughs) 80-20. But as we've grown, we've really, you know, obviously seen a a massive need to invest in the platform. So technology, we're technology first, right? So we have a lot of engineers. Do the engineers come from various backgrounds, including insurance? Absolutely. But I would say that what we do benefit from is having a strong cohort of mm. industry specific expertise in insurance to help navigate and charter the waters for any of our clients or potential clients as they're thinking about how to use Encore and and where it would benefit and the value um, the value they could bring to each of their organizations. That was going to be my next question actually. What value can a leading insurance executive or a leading insurance professional bring to the organization? Well, you know, it's really interesting. We have we have uh, an entire team um, of insurance experts on 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 the staff. Um, they are from life insurance. They are from property casualty. They are from specialty insurance, and they bring tremendous value to each and every account that we have. They have conversations about challenges, how we've solved them for others. They have conversations about the art of the possible, right? Something like what I mentioned with Happy only occurred because someone said, we've been talking about this in industry Mm -hmm. for years, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Um, And so it's incredibly important to have those those types of people on the team because that's how we partner effectively with each one of our clients on the art of the possible. What's the next mm-hmm. use case we can we can help you with? Uh, what challenge have we seen solved by another client that might benefit you? And what would you say are the personalities that best suit a working environment like yours? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think one of the things that when you go to a startup, um, and we're not so much a startup as a growing company Mm -hmm. at this point, you have to be flexible and nimble. Um, If you are so stuck in your ways that you can't can't kind of pivot, because sometimes the needs of an organization that's evolving quickly uh, means that 
you have to actually be very open-minded to, to change and you have to be really willing to, to kind of go with the flow. If you're very, very fixated on this is the only way, it's really hard to work in a company that's growing at the pace that we are at least. How have you found your personal transition from being an insurance business, I believe you're at, <laughs> uh, AIG, yeah. large global multinational insurance company? How have you found that transition yourself? Well, so it's very funny. I, I was I was reflecting that, you know, when I left MetLife, I probably had span of control of, I don't know, thousands and thousands of people and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I started this job and I was the QA representative. I was code, I was configuring, I was translating business requirements. So I started all over again. And it's actually been the best move I ever made. It's very exciting to to actually step back and say, Oh, wow. (laughs) This is how you do it. I think that it was incredibly scary to leave security. Yeah. Um, It was incredibly scary to say, I'm going to take this leap of faith and hope for the best. But it fundamentally changes your perspective on what's important to run an organization, to grow an organization, and how important it is for you to not just just do, but lead by example. Mm. Sounds like you've had a lot of fun in this process. I'm sure a lot of hard work as well. What what, what do you think has been the most rewarding thing? Is it being a smaller business and seeing that growth as compared to uh, working at such a a large business? I think, um, you know, look, I've worked at very, very large institutions and I had Mm. some level of influence and I did a lot of PowerPoint. I did a lot of PowerPoint. Um, but every day, if I make a decision or I change direction, it actually has impact on the whole. And that's something I didn't feel before. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you can't, you can't buy that. You can't, uh, you, you actually have to live it. And you also have to live the mistake. Because right? <laughs> sometimes the decision you make might not have been the right one. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and being okay with that. Right. Um, but um, but definitely, uh, I, I think it's the it's the influence you have and the change that you can drive. It's so different. In terms of opportunities that you provide people there, what what are the what are some of the sort of opportunities that you provide to high performing talent? Look, I think in an organization like ours, uh, people who um, rise to the top are the ones who are willing to take the risks. They're the ones that are volunteering for. Um, for the extra effort, uh, not that everybody isn't, um, but certainly those folks have, um, because we don't have a ton of people, because we are growing really fast, if people are able to fill a gap or to uh, to present a really good uh, case for something, um, it, it makes them shine. And when yeah. they shine, they rise. Um, and that's really, um, we've had a lot of folks do incredibly well and, and kind of move up the ladder as, as our company has grown, they've, mm-hmm. they've, they've reached the top of the hierarchy and now they have teams, right? They're a part of a team. Then they, you know, then, then they became the head of the team. Uh, and as we grow, they continue to grow as well. So as, as your business is acting in a very nimble and agile manner, that also reflects in, in your employees' career paths. They, they can be very nimble and grow very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think as you, as we grow more and more, and this happens in every organization, that momentum slows a little bit. Sure. Um, but certainly for all the folks that have grown with us from the beginning, 
you know, I, I laugh. I have my first configurator. Um, I hired her. I was like, I don't even know what she's going to do. Um, and now she's, you know, our head of community management and she's working with external clients, um, leveraging her own experiences in building mm-hmm. and building and, and building a network and helping us grow something that's going to be critically important to self-serviceability of our platform. And she's, you know, she's only been here three years. It feels like an eternity, but she's only been here three years and she's been able to do that. I think those are the types of things that if you're, if you're able to, to pivot a little bit and ask for more, you can get. That's great. If we turn things on its head, what do you find as the major challenges, particularly if you're recruiting from the insurance industry, what do you find with the challenge and potentially frustrations recruiting people from there? I think it's, I, I think it's what we talked about. Like we, when you're in a big insurance company or in some of these more staid industries, speed to, speed to market is not as critical or important. Um, I think that we get very stuck in process and um, and standards and the way it should be. Um, and so transitioning from being in an environment like that to anything goes <laughs> yeah. is, is a bit of a challenge. And also, I mean, I, I have to say it, it's it's a velocity, right? Decisions are yours to make and yours to either succeed and fail in, and no one's going to fire you over them. Um, but certainly you have to be willing to make them. And in a lot of big industries, you have these like steering committees and 10 people have to make the decision. We don't have that. Uh, we can't rest on that laurel. We have to move forward every day. And I think that's one of the bigger challenges in people transitioning. Yeah, certainly is. Certainly is. I think, I think a lot of times that might be something that they're looking for. It might be a frustration that they have where they are at the moment. But I think it's also important that their their eyes are wide open to yes. um, to the pace of play and the decision making process, and that that actually aligns with with what they want to do. Because you know, it's not for everybody. No, no, and I and I think you know people may want it, and then they just don't mm. know how to change to it because they've been in it for so long. So the desire doesn't always outweigh the experience and the um, kind of embedded <laughs> yeah. cultural experience that they had. Uh, so sometimes we work through that That's right. because the talent is so good that we say, okay, we're going to work through this together. Um, that that leads on greatly actually to, to a final question in the espresso round. If, if there is an executive or a leader within the insurance hmm. sector considering a move into InsureTech or a technology company, what do you think they should be doing now to prepare themselves for that switch? What would your advice be to them? I think for anyone, it's moving to the right thing because there are so many opportunities in the, in the technology space um, and, and different approaches to, um, to what insure tech needs, right? So you have the, the companies that are, are completely based on technology and they're trying to build something. They require different talent and needs and thought processes. And then, you know, you other end of the spectrum, you have someone like us, which is very technology first with a real focus on an industry. And that has different needs as well. You have to love the product. You have to espouse the product. You have to want to be part of the product, whatever that product is. Um, and you have to, and and that's the number one thing, because if you don't believe in it, it's really hard to be part of it because being in a startup or a growth environment has challenges. That is such great advice to love the product. I think that's so key. And it's, it's, it's very different, obviously, for, you know, people who are at different insurance businesses where, you know, it's not such a tangible product that they're working with. It's a sort of a suite of policies. I certainly know when we're headhunting someone for an insure tech position, a lot of the time it is that product and it's 
actually as headhunters we've got to believe in that product and be able to sell that opportunity to the person ourselves so you know education and you know having that real belief in the product i think is absolutely crucial you know one of the things that we started doing early on was giving people early access to the platform because i said if you don't like the platform and you don't believe how it works and um and you you don't know or want uh, to build a solution in it then it's not the right thing for you um, and it, it's not a it's not a make or break, but it's absolutely a, do you want this? We've almost reached the end of our time together today, Sharon. Time's flown by. Before we go, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how do they go about reaching out to you after the show? Sure. Piece of advice. You know, if you really want to make a change, it's possible. I think I said it earlier. I wasn't sure I was actually going to ever leave industry because I got so comfortable. Um, but the leap of faith has been the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and so I think that um, if you if you are ready, um, the leap of faith is very possible. And the one thing I always say is I have 20 years of insurance experience. If I want to go back to insurance, I'm going to go back to insurance. Um, and this leap of faith was really important to me to grow as a person and as a as a, as a, an individual uh, in business, right? Um, so don't be afraid of it. That would be number one. And number two, we have a lot of jobs open. We're growing really, really fast. Um, and so, you know, getting on our, our website um, at uncork.com and careers at uncork.com um, for anyone who's, uh, who's looking for a role, we absolutely have opportunities available. Great. Thanks, Sharon. I know you're certainly very passionate and it's obviously been a great career move for you. And we'll be sure to put those details up on the, on the show notes of the podcast. Sharon, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed having you on the show. And it's been great to learn more about Uncork. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. Absolute pleasure. To all the insurance and insurtech leaders out there, wherever you are listening around the world, we thank you for tuning in today. And I'm sure you would have gained some great and valuable insights from Sharon today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod so you receive each one of our episodes into your podcast app each week. Till next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House InsureTech series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.